Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is Ryan Archidak, and I shout out to the Bulls HQ podcast. All the way from Australia, we represent, and thanks for all the support. Bulls fans, welcome to Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Eye Sports Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the show, one that I was hopeful that we'd be a little bit more uh, buoyant, a little bit more joyful about, but uh, we're coming at you post the lottery, and I am a very sad boy at this point, and uh, unfortunately the Bulls didn't get the lottery luck that I would have liked them to. They did not move up from eight to into the top four. Unfortunately, they stayed at number eight, meaning that pick goes to the Orlando Magic. And here I am lamenting all my life choices at the moment, which is uh, maybe a bit uh, hyperbolic of me. But um, I need some people to talk me off the ledge. I don't know if these two fellas will help me or not. Um, but the big red boss is pulling up to Bulls HQ once again. And uh, let's welcome in uh, the podfather, as, as C. Red Fred likes to refer him. Doug Tonus, how are you, sir? I uh, Just living the dream. I'm not going to talk you off the edge. I gotta, gotta tell you, I gotta, I gotta like just grab you and jump with you, but right. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure my my co-pilot will uh, will do a better job of trying to pull us both back. Well, that, yeah, that's that's fair enough. Well, like if I'm going out, I don't mind going out with you, Doug. But uh, here, joining us on the big red bus. Well, not the big red boss. The, the big red boss is slamming into the <laughs> Bulls wish. HQ. But um, here along with us as well is uh, C Red Fred, a.k.a. Fred Pfeiffer. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm living a dream. How you doing, brother? Uh, I'm, I'm really annoyed at you, actually. I'm actually really annoyed at you. Do you know why? why? I have no idea. Because the number seven pick, <laughs> the number seven pick, your stupid number seven mantra, of all years that the number seven pick jumps up into the top four, it had to be this one, when the Bulls could have positioned themselves with the seventh best odds to get into the top four, but instead the uh, they didn't really tank it out the, the season. Instead, that's what the Toronto Raptors did, and lo and behold, the Raptors get that lottery <laughs> luck and that number seven mantra that you have made that has just cursed this franchise for the last four years. Here, here it is again, rearing its head. The Bulls stay at eight. The Raptors jump into the top four. Uh, how, how could you blame I'm me? You for- how could you blame me? I'm the guy who came up with the roadmap. All they had to do was get to number seven, and they screwed it up. You should be you should be thanking me for uh, for seeing into the future, realizing if you get the seven, good things will happen. And uh, they screwed it up. Hey, you know what though? Come on, let, let's let's all get off the edge for one second. Let's get down from the edge and let's close our eyes. I want to paint a new world for you, okay? 
let's pretend for a minute. Every, are your eyes closed? Oh, okay. yeah, of course. Okay, here we go. All right, so let's pretend the Bulls never made the trade. And they ended up with the eighth pick tonight. And in three days, we find out the Bulls traded the eighth pick, their 2023 pick, for Vucevic and Wendell Carter Jr. Would you have made that trade? Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm still too depressed to answer that question. What do you mean? It's any... an easy answer. It's yes. I'd the make that easy trade. answer is no. Just like I wouldn't have made the trade when we made it, and the pick wasn't projected to be as good as eight. Like, and Vucevic had an extra half season. Like, so it's like since, since this trade has been made, now we wasted a half season of Vucevic with no benefit whatsoever, and the pick we gave up was higher than we expected. So... I mean, not that it matters. You don't care what happens with Orlando, right? Like, this is game theory. What happens with them is irrelevant to us now. If we gave them the number one pick, it wouldn't matter to us now in terms of what we need to do. But, I mean, it, it doesn't look better now. I would, yeah, not, Doug, I would not make that trade. Doug, I'm looking into my profit robe, and I can see that Vucevic is going to be better than whoever the Orlando Magic get at eight this year. I'm just going to give you an FYI on that. So whoever the Magic end up with, Vooch is going to have a better season. I'm looking into my profit robe and saying the Bulls will not get out of the second round with this core of Vucevic and Zach Levine. Or sorry, well, not get out of the first round. Your robe out the first is full round. of fleas. Mine is magical and uh, uh, technicolor. What say you, Mark? What's your deal on well, this? Well, see, see, here's my issue with it. It's not my issue with it. Isn't necessarily the Bulls lose out on pick eight or something like that. Like I'm not expecting the the, the play that the Magic pick at pick eight to be. You know, a substantial player because the, the the probability of that happening is pretty low. Will they get a, a decent player, a player who may end up being a, a good role player for them for years to come? Yeah, like that, that's a potential option. So in that sense, I'm not too concerned. I guess my issue with this whole thing was this is probably, or at least hopefully, the last time the Bulls have at getting a a legitimate talent added via the draft. I mean, we're all hopeful. Everyone listening to this now is hopeful that this is the last season the Bulls missed the postseason. We're hopeful with this Levine and Vucevic pairing that somehow, some way, they can get into the playoffs next season. Whether they're a first run out, second run out, whether they can make the miracle that the Atlanta Hawks are currently doing at the moment, going all the way through the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, We'll see. We'll see. But I guess my point is like this was the last chance the Bulls had it, or hopefully had, at adding something via the draft. So whether you drafted a player at number four or inside the top four, or whether you used that pick that you sort of fell back into to, you know, via trade to acquire a more ready-made player to add to Vucevic and Levine, like whatever route you wanted to go with, like I don't care. Like it was just an additional asset you could have had, and like. I just feel like that's super important given where the Bulls are trying to position their team moving forward. But, you know, for Zach Levine's career as well, the fact that this team doesn't have a ton of resources heading into the offseason, like they don't have a lot of cap space. Obviously, they're, they're, they got rid of Wendell Carter. They're owing two future picks to the Magic. Like that, they don't have a ton of resources. So coming back and, uh, you know, falling back into their own pick, like it, it would have just made things a little bit easier and I would have been a little bit more buoyant as to how things would transpire over the next five or so years. But... I don't know. I'm 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 feeling more like Doug to be honest with Fre- with with you, Frederick. Uh, I'm not sure you're going to be able to talk me into this one. Not that you really talked me into anything ever, but um, yeah. How <laughs> uh, yeah, dare I, you? I'm feeling, I, well, I'm feeling I, I just still. think I, I think you both are fooling yourselves if you really feel like I think if we didn't make the trade for Vooch, I think we'd be going in this off season. We probably likely would not have made the playoffs. I think we all hopefully agree on that. Let's pretend we ended up with the eighth pick. I think we would all be freaking out right now about what can we possibly do to make sure Zach Levine doesn't leave after a year. 
and I think that's exactly what you would do. You would try to send this pick for a all-star. Vucevic is that all-star. We had 14 games with these two guys together, and we're all acting like it. the team was a massive failure. And, you know, to some degree it was, but it wasn't a failure because those two guys played together a ton and we sucked. We were a failure because Zach got COVID and, and Vooch, you know, and they had no time to gel. And, and there's a lot of reasons why. But, you know, I think, I think they're going to be a lot better than people expect next year. I, I take a lot of solace in the fact that Atlanta's in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's like, I don't think they're that much better than us. If, if we Let's do the lifetime uh, angle. I, I love doing this to irritate you, Mark. But, Doug, if you and I showed up at lifetime and we picked the Atlanta roster and the Bulls roster, I think you'd be shocked at the first couple picks. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Everyone would take Trey Young first. Okay. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. Maybe you're right. Zach Levine would be two, right? Uh, Zach Levine it would be two. Who would be three? Uh, you know, John Collins, for sure. Oh, give me I'm a just kidding. I'm just giving you a time. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, sure, Vucevic is three. and then after, There you go. End the story. End, end of story. Who, yeah, okay. Who's four, five, and six? Let's end the pot. <laughs> Dad Young might be six, I think, or five. I don't know. It's you know, hey, I'm not going to argue. Like there, there's still a lot of great things that uh, things that need to happen. We need to have Pat Will develop quickly. We need to have Kobe White get healthy and play as good, well as he did down the stretch. We need to figure out what's going to happen with Laurie Markin and try to turn him into some type of asset. But it, it's not. I don't think it's hopeless. I, in fact, I, I can't wait to the season starts because I just think Zach's going to get better. He's gotten better every year for the past three years. Why wouldn't he get better? Is he the type of guy who's just going to sit around and, and read the newspaper? No, heck not. He's going to be out there working, getting better, and I think he's possibly a top ten player next yeah. year. I, I will say, even though like I agree with everything you said, Mark, about why this is difficult, and I, and I discussed it with me? Fred too. I, but one thing <laughs> I, I get into you, Fred. One thing I do agree with Fred about a little bit is I do think this team will be a lot better last year, next year sorry, than it was this past year. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. we should be a 40-win team. We should be in the play-in. We have, I think we will actually make the final eight playoff team. I think we'll bow out in the first round. But it's something we've not done for a while, and it'll be watchable. It'll be more enjoyable. And, and those things assume that basically Zach and Vooch stay healthy. The one thing this team is not going to have next year is any depth whatsoever, and, and that's going to be really difficult. And they'll be facing a really tough decision whether they want to – you know, do what I would uh, probably move towards, which is, uh, I don't know, Mark, if you're familiar with the great 2022 plan, everyone loves, yeah, pl- everyone that. loves plans with years <laughs> on them. That's like usually the Bulls fans' favorite things because they've worked out yeah. so well for us in the past. Um, but, you know, like if, if they have to choose whether they want to go with something like that or whether they want to add long-term salary, you know, onto, onto the roster. And it'll be interesting to see what they, what they decide on that because if they keep the, the cap space open, it does give them the window to add a legitimate star next offseason but it makes this season a lot harder, and if they, they add salary into this season, it's going to make it really hard to make another quantum leap forward through free agency. I mean, you might be able to do through, so through other means, but it'll be difficult to do it through free agency then. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be a little bit better this year. And, and so I, I'm really interested to see which of those tax that they, they end up taking. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I'm not sure if I've, you've convinced me about the, the 22 plan, but... I think what you're sort of suggesting here, like everything now pivots to the off season in, in, in free agency and, and how how they determine how they're going to go forward because clearly they don't have a, a pick in the first round. I don't, maybe they do something crazy and they buy their way back into the first round. It's probably, if, if that was a scenario, it won't be a high pick, but 
I don't know, maybe the the draft isn't completely out of it for the Bulls. I mean, they do have their second round pick, the number 38 pick, I think it is. Maybe they sell that for cash like they did previously in previous years. But um, I guess, look, I recorded a podcast via the Bulls HQ Discord. Uh, whether it was lucky or not, um, the audio was corrupt. It didn't work. And the audio cut off at a point where the Bulls were literally announced as the, the eighth pick, meaning obviously the, the pick was going to Orlando. Like that's when the audio stuffed itself up. So maybe that was uh, maybe that was the universe telling us that um, this was never meant to be for the Bulls. But thankfully as well, like that audio stuffed up, stuffed up because prior to the lottery, I was really talking myself up into uh, the Kate Cunningham coming to Chicago. But here we are having to see him for years on end now in, you know, in, in Detroit. Uh, you know, the, the team that you really hate there, Frederick, he's going to be playing in, in, in Detroit Piston Colors for a while. So, it's disappointing, like that we completely miss out on this draft. But to your point, Doug, like now our intern- attention completely turns to the off season, to free agency, and I still have no idea what the best path is. Whether it's above the cap, below the cap, like are they in on Lonzo? Are they not in on Lonzo? I mean, Ben Simmons is someone I've been talking exclusively on Twitter about for the last two days, getting yelled out at a lot of people and. Anytime C Red Fred agrees with you about any topic and we happen to agree on Ben Simmons, like I feel dirty and wrong and that something's clearly gone wrong <laughs> in the world when, when C Red Fred and I agree. But like, it, I guess my point is like, we've got to start thinking of alternative ways to sort of boost this team up a level. Cause to your point, Doug, like if things stay status quo, the team largely remains untouched and at least heading into next season, like, yeah, we we should be expecting them to be like a forty win team. Uh, forty win team. Maybe if things go completely right, they could have a, a season that mimics what the Knicks just did, where you know they can get up to be a four or five seed, and maybe depending on matchups, they could get into the second round or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I keep coming back to it. Like this was our last chance to really add something to do something with. You didn't necessarily have to draft a player at number four or number whatever. But you could have traded that thing with Patrick Williams and Kobe White to get in another star, whether that was Ben Simmons, whether it was someone else. Like, yeah, that's just where I keep coming back to. So, yeah, I, I take your point on the 22 plan, whether that's the right right move or not. I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm open to suggestions at this point. Uh, let me jump in here. You've been rambling for a while. <laughs> don't, do you have any faith in this guy? Like, do you have any Who? faith in Arturis at all? Like, what do you mean this, <sighs> our last, this is our last chance? Hold on a second. You just said it's our last chance. Devin Dotson. That's the draft. Felicio, okay, at the draft, at the dra- draft, right? Felicio, okay, I understand, but there's other ways to get players. Felicio, uh, Adam Makoka, uh, Garrett, you know, let's think. Valentine is Valentine going to be back? No, no, no <laughs> probably not. There's going to be like three or four roster spots that are going to be open. I take solace in the fact that Garrett Temple was an acquisition by Arturis. I thought he was a great acquisition. He recognized we need help at the perimeter. He was our be- to me our best point of attack perimeter defender. Maybe until Troy Brown Jr. arrived, he acquired Troy Brown Jr. Like, let's see what he does on the margins to make this team better. My concern is if we have Laurie walking away for nothing and and Tice walks away for nothing, we don't do things to replace those two guys with equal or better players. Then I am concerned. Like, what, well, what are we doing? What's going on here? So just interject. That's going to be super, super hard to do, right? Like, it, what, it, yeah. it, to replace those guys. Like, you're not going to have the resources to replace them if you don't keep them individually. Well, that's why I don't want to replace. That's why I don't want to replace. Them. So you want to keep Dowry and Tice? 
No, yeah, I want to sign or trade. So I sign, want to sign go, and trade. Hey, Fred, name me the last restricted free agent that was signed and traded and brought, brought back a good return to the team that traded him. I can't even think of the last. You know why? Because the last restricted free agent that was signed and traded was like 10 years ago. It like doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. And if it does happen, we're not going to get something good back. Like just, just, just wipe that out of your mind. The idea that we're going to get something for Lowry based on the history of the league, it's just not going to happen. Well, you we can't say not it's gonna... not going to happen because there were intense discussions between us and the Pelicans. It's, it's not going to happen. Alonzo Ball, who's in the exact same situation as we are. Yeah, it's not going to happen. You can't, a double sign You're and trade right. doesn't even work under the cap. <laughs> it's like virtually impossible to do a double sign and trade because the players each count like, like double salary for one side and half for themselves, and so then the gap becomes twice as big, and even the one gap is hard to, to cross. So there's no way you can sign and trade those guys for each other. Fair um, enough. Let's see Lori then get a contract offer for $16 million a year, and let's see what they do. Yeah, so I, all I'm saying is you, 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 if, you, if you match those guys, so say you, you keep Tice for like $10 million a year. Like maybe that's the best case scenario if, for Tice. You keep Tice for $10 million a year. Say you match Lowry on like $15 million a year. Okay, like a, a pretty a deal you feel somewhat reasonable, right? Like not, not something crazy. That's, yes. that's your team now for like the next four years. Like you ain't going to have cap space again. Like now you're yeah. committed to this group. And that, and, that, and that really just gets down to why Mark was upset about this. So, like, if you had gotten a high draft pick, it was a, a chance to add in a guy that looks like a significant talent. And now we're looking at, like, we can add margin talents. And, and we might even lose two margin talents and not be able to replace them with as good margin talents because we'll have to replace guys worth 10 and $15 million with, like, the vet minimum, the, you know, the biannual exception and the mid-level exception. You know, or a, a combined like $23 million in cap room. Uh, so it, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do, but their, their flexibility is very little. Uh, they do not have a lot of avenues to, to improve this team this offseason. It's going to be very, very challenging. And so while you can like what Arturus does, and he may make the most out of a very challenging situation, and he may hit a home run in terms of how he manages this offseason, but even if he does like outstanding with what he has – he doesn't have much like outstanding with what he has is still going to look probably pretty pedestrian at the end of the day. Even if, even if he does do great, just because he has so little to work with. Well, here's where I disagree with you, Doug. You're assuming that these players that they do sign are not tradable assets. Look at Troy Brown jr. Troy Brown jr. Was out of the rotation in Washington. He comes here to the bulls and he clearly is a better fit. Some players, as long as you have them on decent deals and you look at this team from Patrick Williams to Kobe White to whatever uh, Daniel Tice signs for to Sato to all these guys are tradable contracts. But they're not. You can they're not bringing deal. back meaningful things. They're bringing mm. back similar value things. Yeah. Like the idea that, that that's you're a gonna, better fit. That's a better the idea, fit. For yeah, maybe. But the thing is, like, we're so low in talent relative to what we need. Like, we need a big talent injection. So keeping margin players and trading them for different margin players that are better fits, that's a, like, like a type of move that's great to make, and it adds like two or three wins. Doug, are like we it's, really it's going to be really well, difficult on. to do things. You said we're so low in talent. Yes. Right, let's look at the New York Knicks. Are we a more talented team than the New York Knicks? Just let's sure start out with that, that way. team. No. Well, come, but, no, be no, honest. Be honest no. no. You really don't, don't believe, believe that. that. No, you really I don't. Believe, I, I, I really see, don't I, believe I, that we're a te- better team than the team that wins like 50% more games than us. So no. Come on, you just we just talked about this. How many years in a row? How many years in a row? Two all stars. How many years in a row have you predicted over forty wins, and have us win like twenty? That's completely irrelevant. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that we have no depth. 
We have no depth. So yeah, Zach will get hurt for 20 games next year because that just seems like a probably common thing for him to do. Vucevic will miss 20 games next year because it's a common thing for him to do. We'll get absolutely destroyed in the games where either one of them is out. And if they're both out, just forget about it. No, Doug. And, and we're you said end they're up... more talented team than Thad Young and, and Kobe White and Patrick Williams and all the talented players that we have on this team. You said they're more talented. I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I don't think that the Knicks have more talent than the Chicago Bulls. Okay. And Do you know what? Tal- talent is only part of it. Like, I don't care if the Bulls have more talent than the Atlanta Hawks or the New York Knicks or the Boston Celtics or name whatever team you want to insert. Like, they have to prove that talent means or talent can convert. No, here's production. all that matters is that their two best players played 72 and 71 games and our two best players played 14 games together. It matters who plays. It doesn't matter. Fine, Don't go in this fine. nonsense you, you, about Tibbs. I know I can see what's the coming. Bulls to make the playoffs before the Vucevic trade. So well, that was the baseline expectation regardless. So whether Vucevic played however many games, he Levine and Vucevic only played 14 games together. Whatever the case was, you were expecting the Bulls to be better prior to the Vucevic trade. And they yes were better. No? They were better than they, we expected. They were out of them. the playoffs at that point. No. They were in the top ten team when the trade was made, right? Am I wrong here? Let me look at my notes. Okay, how many how many games do you expect them to play together next year? I expect them to play. Well, I don't think it's crazy to ask for them to play fifty to sixty games together. Okay, is that how crazy? Do you, how do you? I don't think it's crazy. I think forty five more than they did. This I don't year. think it's crazy. I think they'll play fifty games together. How do you think they'll do in the thirty two? They don't. Depends if one of the two is playing in those we'll, games. We'll if they're that, both gone, then we'll, we're in we'll assume that in most cases one of the two is playing. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think, think they'll probably do? be, they'll be like they were this year. They'll probably have the same winning percentage in those games that they did this year. But they'll be 500 or better in the games they play together. Yeah, I I can see them being 500 or better in the games they play together. Like I don't think that's like a crazy thought. It's just like I don't think either there of these go. guys are are likely to 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 stay healthy enough. So they get 25 wins in the 50 games they play together. Maybe 30 if they play 60, and then they they get like five to 10 wins in the other games. And now you're a 35 to, to like say 42 win team, like that. That's just not that that that's where you're at. And yeah, sorry, that's just not like something I, that's I, that's real exciting. Unless you you need to add significant talent to this team. I missed the part where Vucevic is off injured. He played 70 games the previous season, 62 and 80 his last three seasons. He's not off injured. He's never had a season where he's played less than 50 games. Let's, well, let's pivot away from the this idea that you know ha- however many games they're going to play or not. Well, well, that remains to be seen. Like we'll see how that transpires. To me, what's the most interesting thing is how how this roster comes about now. Like Levine and Vucevic as a pairing, I like it. I think it will be good. I don't know if it's going to be good enough. It, well, I know it's not going to be good enough. So to me, and right now, it's all about what what happens next. And to me, like. I'm disappointed right now based on this, which is kind of ridiculous because the, the probability suggested it was always going to be that the Bulls didn't get this pick. But nonetheless, I'm still disappointed. But here's here's how I'm feeling about things now. And this is how I'm hoping Karnaschovas is viewing this whole thing. And this is what I've been trying to explain on Twitter the last couple of days. But like, focus going forward now should be about maximizing Zach Levine's prime. How best do you do that? I thought adding that pick this draft would have helped that scenario but nonetheless whether you got that pick or not that is still the goal that is still the plan so I guess my question to both of you now is is how do you maximize Zach Levine's prime as soon as this offseason Doug I know you mentioned the 22 plan that you referenced before that that plan 
kind of Holtz doing much of this offseason in preparing for, you know, free agency in 2022. I think there's validity to that, but I, I, I don't know if that's the right route to go. But like, I guess my point is like, do you cash in the chips that you do have? And those chips being Patrick Williams and Kobe White, who aren't necessarily on the same timeline as Zach Levine, most certainly are not on the same timeline as Nikola Vucevic. I'm assuming the Bulls are prioritizing the, the timeline of the pairing of Levine and Vucevic. So to both of you, do you, do you, ch- you cash your chips in for Patrick Williams, Kobe White? Do you include them in a trade package with whatever other assets you need to, to go and get in a third star to try to make this, this pairing of Vucevic and Levine and whoever else you add, whether it's Ben Simmons or someone else, do you try to boost the talent level of this team and, and try to see what that three man core could be? Or do you just keep, I guess plugging away, use your cap space and, and, and try to find decent pieces on the periphery on the periphery to make this team better as soon as you can. Let me ask answer your question with a question and either of you can answer my question. Okay. Let's say we want to cash in your chips. Cause I, I think that's a viable, uh, very viable idea. I, I agree with what you're saying there. Like this is a decision you need to make. Do you cash in your kind of like long-term assets to get another more short to medium term asset to try and maximize your next, like say three seasons. And the question is, so what is the best medium-term asset or short-term asset you can get if you're willing to give up Kobe White, Pat Williams, and I don't know how many picks, Mark, you'd be willing to trade out in the future. Would you give the 25 and 27 pick with those guys to, to bring someone in? And, and Yeah, just, depending on the depending on the player, yeah, yes, yeah. I would like, sure, If it's like Damian Lillard, we'd be like, yeah, heck yeah. Um, you know, but like, so it does depend on the player. So let's say you're willing to, to cash in those assets, those two first-round picks and those two players, which I think is really all of the long-term assets we have. What is the best player you can imagine coming back for that? And yeah, honestly, like my, my thought is like not a really great player. Ben Simmons. I don't think you get Ben Simmons for that. I think they think long and hard about Kobe White, Laurie Markin in a signing trade. Laurie Markin fits perfectly when Embiid. Patrick Williams and two number ones for Ben Simmons. I think absolutely they would think long and hard about that. I don't think they're going to get anything better than that. What if, what I mean, if Laurie just, just signs with some other team? What if Lowry just signs with Dallas for twenty million and that's not on the table? Like you have no control yeah. of what Lowry's going to do. No you control. can't just throw him yeah. in there. Like, well, then let's just say Lowry isn't part of that. Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and two number ones. Do you really feel like C.J. McCollum at the age of twenty nine is significantly better? And whatever, Portland doesn't have anything else that do, they could. Do throw I really that feel way. like Philadelphia wants to win right now in the next three years? Yeah. in the exact that, same boat we are. Yes, throwing Sato. <laughs> yeah, well now, now it's, now it's hey, I don't know if you heard about the start Sato movement, man. It, it was all the rage. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I agree. It's not it's not like perfect, but I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that that could garner you. Yeah, Cer- Simmons. Certainly, it's not out of the possibility that you could trade that package to someone else who wants long term assets, who has another star, who trades it to Philly, who wants that player. And then Philly gives us Ben Simmons. Like, I, I don't know who that third team would be, but like the idea that that's enough well, value for your... Ben Simmons is yeah. not so, so crazy to me, given his current value right now. But like a specific fit with Philly doesn't seem to match to me right now. So, someone I was thinking about, and I, again, I, I don't think the Philly one makes sense. Like I'm, I'm, I mentioned it before, but I would love to get Ben Simmons through here because I think he fits perfectly with Levine and Vucevic. I think the discourse around Ben Simmons over the last couple of days has just been absolutely embarrassing. Um, just put him on a roster that makes sense around him. He's a flawed player, but put him on a roster that makes sense next to him and you'll get better results. But nonetheless, like I don't think the Sixers do that deal because the Sixers want to win now 
Embiid is 27. He's at an MVP level. We saw that he's got a meniscus injury. Like how many more years of quality basketball does Joel Embiid have? Who knows? So they're going for a win now move and whoever they're trading, you know, Simmons for, they'll, they'll want to get back a, a ready-made guy. And I think McCollum is that. So, you know, as much as I'd love Simmons, it's probably not realistic from that point of view. But like, now that I'm just thinking about it, now that the OKC Thunder didn't necessarily get the lottery like they were hoping for, they didn't get Cade or anything like that, would they be more open to trading someone like SGA for Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and future draft picks? No way. Why would they do that? SGA is better than all those players. Like, and he's still yeah, on he, a they are, young maybe timeline. Their, maybe their timelines change now again because SGA is going to be an older max contract. They don't necessarily have that next amazing asset to put next to him like they got the sixth pick in this draft like who's yeah, gonna Mark, who are you going agree, to put next to SGA? wouldn't you agree like sga is more attractive asset than ben simmons right now yeah of course he is i'm, I'm, I'm of course he is but like well, I'm, what point. i'm saying is like that that team is more maybe uh accepting of younger pieces let's say like patrick williams and kobe than a team like the Sixers are who are like in a win now mode. I'm trying to think of like a situation where you could offload these younger guys for a, a youngish player, someone that fits the Levine timeline, but maybe he's going to be, maybe he's not disgruntled right now, but, but maybe in potentially in a year or two, potentially could be disgruntled. And if it's not SGA, maybe is, is it De'Aaron Fox or someone like that? Like, can you give all of the Bulls young assets for someone like Fox, who again, has been on bad teams for four or five seasons now, has not made the playoffs. Maybe you trade that stuff for for someone like Fox. Put him in Chicago next to Levine and Vucevic. You get your three stars and you start rolling from there. Is is that something the Bulls would entertain? I, I don't know. Maybe the Kings wouldn't even entertain it. But like they're the things I'm starting to think about. But like I guess my point is, whatever the the situation or the solution is, like to me, I think the Bulls should be thinking long and hard of playing the trade the, the trading game again because I just don't see it happening via free agency. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, free agency's only real chance is if you go out to next year and you implement my yeah. 2022 plan. Like, there, you don't yeah. have enough money, and there's no one available this year. So you're either you're yeah. either playing on the margins in free agency, or you're, like you said, you're going to the trade market. I, I think it's interesting that you bring up Deer and Fox. If you if we brought up that package we just talked about, Sacramento might say yes to that. Two first round picks far out in the future. Like if they feel like they can't keep Fox, you know, some decent prospects. I could see them considering yeah. it, and that, that would get, make the Bulls a lot better. Uh, it still leaves them too far away, and then it leaves a very, very bare cupboard later when you need to rebuild, um, and that, that's, that's the price you'd have to pay. And I, I think what I would describe this regime as doing if they make a trade like that is just continuing to try to dig themselves out of a hole. Like you traded a bunch of future assets, let's just trade more future assets to try and double down on our decision to go all in when we had 28 wins. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be a price you pay for that eventually. And you have to really feel like, are you going to make enough progress that you feel that price is worth it? And to me, I don't feel confident enough about that team. I think that's true. But I also understand like once you went down this path, you know, you kind of have to continue to go down it. You like, you have to continue to, to go down this path because if you don't go in with both feet, you're, you're probably even worse. I mean, at least if you do that, you're probably a second round playoff team. And if you don't do something like that, you're you're probably a first round exit team for a couple of years. Uh, so, I, I you know, don't know. It's, it's 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 an interesting situation because like it's like all right, are we committing to the Levine 
Vucevic pairing, or are we sort of just half-hearted doing that and, you know, in the background we're thinking about Patrick Williams being the next guy of the the Bulls, which may or may not be even something that happens. But uh, I know a lot of the fan base just just want nothing to do with trading Patrick Williams because they feel like he's the next Kawhi or something silly like that. And, you know, they just hate this idea of trading (laughs) Patrick Williams. And Maybe they're right, though. To me, it's, 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 it's two paths that maybe aren't right aligned right now. And I think this had they kept this pick, they could have used that to sort of bridge the gap, whether it's committing to the younger guys and maybe moving on from the older guys or using that asset to to bring through another star and you know committing to that Levine Vucevic pairing. But I, I guess my point is like I, I, this leaves me more confused and unsure as to how things are going to transpire. And I guess the most likely scenario is they sort of try to split the middle, but I, I don't know if that's um, I don't know how appealing that's going to be. I think you guys are, are also losing sight of – you obviously have no faith in our tourists. There are these guys scattered all throughout the playoffs, whether it's Terrence Mann or Batoon or uh, you know even Jay Crowder, you could have got at a mid-level exception deal, that significantly helped these teams. And the Bulls would look significantly better if you're replacing one of these open roster spots with a player who you get on a rehab project who ends up becoming pretty good. I don't care if it's is a Josh, Josh Richardson or, you know, Justice Winslow. These guys that you could probably get on the cheap that end up developing and becoming good. That's another thing that we just, you just can't just throw out and say, well, that's not going to happen. That's why we got this guy. That's what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to find these players that are going to make a difference. And I thought last year, you know what, in, in Temple, I thought that was a horrible si- signing. I was wrong. I have faith he's going to keep those up. Now he's got more options. He's got more roster spots available than he had last year. Have a little faith that he's going to improve the team in those incremental ways because I think the team would look significantly better if Jay Crowder was on this roster. Here's the thing I I say about that. I think you're right. Like You you do have to hope you can make moves like that, that you find these guys that cost very little and end up being really good. But the challenge with that is you're almost certainly going to lose Lowry for nothing. And so now you've lost a guy who's actually really good, not not like great as people hoped he would be, but still really good, like a, a really good rotation player, maybe a borderline starter player. Like you're going to have to replace him. And so getting a guy from the fringes that's just that good is going to be really hard. If you don't keep Daniel Tice, which we'll see what happens with there, the same conversation is going to be had with Daniel Tice. It's going to be difficult to find a guy that is, is like sub mid-level exception. That's going to be as good as Daniel Tice's. Like, so we're losing a couple guys that are kind of like in that boat of good player. And we don't really have equivalent assets to replace them. Like we don't have the ability to, to like those say guys are say a value of like $25 million in the league. We're not going to have that to them, replace them and then fill in all these other spots. So you're going to, you're going to have to hope that you make a lot of moves where the guy outperforms what you signed him for. And certainly that's a possibility, but it's very difficult to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, RGM is just going to sign all these guys and they're all going to play way above what we signed them for. Like, that's just not a likely outcome. Like just I, like, I look at this from a mathematical perspective, our outgoing assets versus our incoming assets. Like the incoming is going to be less than the outgoing on a general value basis. And so, yeah, the general manager, if he's great, he can, he can make that incoming better than it should be based on the, the pool of what he has to work with, you know, he can maybe make that like say $20 million pool we have look like a $25 million pool. 
but he can't make it look like a $50 million pool, most likely, unless he's just absurdly lucky. And so, like, I think you're right that there's some value that Arturis is going to bring. And I'm not going to blame him, like, if he can't, you know, pick up a bunch of vet men guys that make the team radically better. That's just really hard to do. Uh, so that, I think there's just limits on, like, how much you can expect there. And I think you can expect something if you like Arturis. I just don't think you can expect it to, to be the, you know, really huge miracle that you hope it, it might be. Yeah. And, and... Yeah, I, I, are we ready to jump off the cliff there, Doug? I mean, let's hold hands and <laughs> go. Thelma and Louise, it, you know, like, get the car going. This yeah. conversation has definitely not uh, lifted my spirits. Maybe we can uh, take that red bus, throw Fred off it, and uh, we can steer that red bus off the cliff or something. But, you know, back to Doug's point, though, I do want to just jump in to, to comment on that. You're right, Doug. Like, you know, they're probably whoever we bring in is not going to be necessarily better than Lowry in the big picture, but they will be a better fit. Like, if you bring in Josh Richardson, I think there's it's very likely he'll be a much better fit for the Chicago Bulls than Larry was just because, you know, we have Patrick Williams, who's a four. And, you know, you, you, Josh could slide in at the three. He's, he's not as good as Larry, but he might make the team better because he's just a better fit. That's what you have to do on the margins. And all these teams in the playoffs, look at Ingles, you know, or even like a lot of these guys, like when they first, uh, even Batum, Batum was on the, the scrap heap. Look how valuable he's been for the Clippers. That's what it takes to get to that next level. Look at Atlanta. How much did they sign for Bogdanovich? Was he $20 million? That's the guy we should – I mean, that's the type of player we should have been uh, getting to bring in to help our team. And and I just have faith that he's going to find one or two of those guys. They'll make these guys significantly better around the two all-stars that we have. I don't the even big know if we is, could afford Josh Richardson. The big picture is – Bill Simmons, I mentioned this the last time. Oh, yeah, we will. He's going to be cost nothing. Like, nobody's going to sign that guy. What, he's going to cost $7 million at the most? Take a step back. The big picture is, I had this discussion with Mark. I can't remember where this was. But um, Bill Simmons and, and uh, Ryan Rosillo went through the NBA, and they had their top 40. There's eight teams in the NBA, according to their top 40 list. They don't even have one top 40 player. The Bulls were few of the teams that had two top 40 players a few less than half the teams in the league as long as you got that you have hope if you don't have a top 40 player you're done you know i mean let's be honest you don't have a shot yeah that's fair so you know we have that you know i think we're better than the knicks just from that alone we're going to be better than charlotte from that alone a lot of these teams that were right around us next year and if we do the right things on the margins we'll be significantly better and then we'll see what happens according to your 2022 plan, which I do like and I do. Uh, but what about, what about a guy like Justice Winslow? He's a guy I've been thinking about a lot lately. You know, that guy's going to – you could probably get him for a song and a dance, right? Like, like There's got to be guys like that throughout the league that we can bring in. Yeah, look, time will tell. Time will tell. We've got, we've got a, a number of weeks now to, I guess, examine and analyze what friends he may or may, or may not bring. Like we don't have the lottery or the draft to – really consider anymore that um, there won't be podcasts from Bulls podcasters out there you know going into deep dives about Kate Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley or whatever it might be unless people want a deep dive of who they might draft at the 38th pick in the draft which I most certainly won't be doing but 
yeah, I guess we have the next sort of six weeks, five, six weeks to think about free agency and how that will all play out. Like, it, I don't know how it will play out. It kind of, it kind of depends on what they want to do with that and, and, uh, Sadoransky and those options that they have, which they have to exercise, I think, before free agency. Free agency is August too. So that'll give us an indication of how they're sort of starting to think things about, think about things. Obviously, we'll hear rumors, uh, up, up to, uh, up to free agency as to where things may be going. Point guard is still an issue. The wing is an issue. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting time. And obviously, uh, maybe we can reconvene around free agency to talk about how things may or may not transpire. But uh, look, I, I think I need to log off today, guys, because uh, I'm still sad. I'm still disappointed. I knew this was probably always going to be the case. The probability was always the fact that the Bulls weren't going to keep their pick. They didn't keep their pick. A realistic or rational person would uh, not be disappointed, but here I am being disappointed because that's what fandom does to a, a, a person. Um, maybe not to you, Frederick. Maybe you're just the constant optimist, but um, for Doug and I, we're, we're, we're sad, we're disappointed, and, and maybe the Bulls HQ listeners feel the same. Maybe they don't. <laughs> maybe they agree with you, Frederick. Who that's, knows? That seems maybe, unlikely. Um, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably, but maybe there's one or two out hey, there. I w- who, don't uh, get me wrong. I wasn't clapping when I found out we didn't get the I mean, you, you did announce pick. when we didn't get it that we were going to win the title. <laughs> So, well, that was because I, mean, I thought we got it. Just, just saying. <laughs> All right. But the only thing I heard from Frederick um, around the time that the Bulls lost their pick was he sent me a DM from a comment or a quote from Jimmy Butler hyping up Isaac Okoro. So that just to, just to give you a, a bit of a mindset as to where Frederick's head is at, I think he's um, Cavs Eye Fred. I think he's what I'm going to be calling <laughs> I, him from I, now. I on. am scared to death of the thought of Okoro and Mobley together. I mean, that would be an absolute. Uh, just an absolute devastating defensive presence on in Cleveland. Well, yeah, I mean, be, oh my Ka- god, the, the Pistons are going to get Cade Cunningham. The 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 Cavs may significantly improve. Uh, it's not ideal. They it's might, not ideal, but uh, Cavs might add Valentine too next year, and he's the kind of guy who's going to be perfect fit with that team. Um, he can do yeah, it all. Sure, I guess. Yeah, sure, I guess. Anyhow, does that make you happy? Anyways, let's, no, it doesn't. But uh, let's wrap up this stupid podcast. Uh, I appreciate you both joining me. Um, I'm assuming there's a big Red Bus podcast um, in the works or it's already been pre-recorded. I'm assuming it'll be out in maybe seven to eight days. Probably. Time for it. Probably. Seems, seems, seems about right. This one will be out for sure first, even though it was yeah. recorded second. Because so of, because of that, I, I got to use this uh, time for an advertisement. Is that okay, Mark? Oh, of uh, iconic image of Rose dunking on Dragic. We're giving this away to our fans on the Big Red Bus. All you have to do is send an email to credfred at gmail.com and put Rose in the subject line, and you get an entry to win this uh, beautiful image that you should put up with your family and friends in a in a place of honor. you got to stop describing it as an image. Describe it as a, a photo <laughs> Or a picture. Like, when you say it's an image, it makes it sound like, here's the link to this image. Like you maybe, that's the, maybe that's been the problem with the, the low turnout so far. People think it's a you gotta know NFT. It's, it's a physical copy. I'm not just a, linking you back. It's an actual photo that you stick on your wall. It's beautiful. And it's if everyone's seen uh, Knights at the Round Ball Table, it's just like the Jordan one, except it's got... Rose Duncan on Drogic. But we're giving away as a thank you to all the fans. And Mark, I think all your fans hopefully listen to our show. So you might already know about it. But uh, hey, feel free to send in your uh, your entry too, Mark. Uh, I'll, I'll do that. As soon as as soon as soon we hang up this call, I'll, I'll get straight onto the email to, uh, to do that. <laughs> Put Teddy down. Um, and, yeah, exactly. Even set up an email for Teddy. Maybe he'll win it.
Maybe he will. Maybe he will. I'll, I'll put in multiple entries just just to increase my odds. But um, no, thank you for that plug. Um, I look forward to hearing the uh, the latest episode of Balls. Uh, it's not Balls HQ. The Big Red Bus when that drops in uh, seven weeks' time. But uh, I, th- I can't thank you enough for to both of you for joining me. Uh, Doug, always appreciate your wisdom and insight. Fred, thanks for being here. Of course. Um, and um, yeah, well, hopefully we'll catch up soon as we head towards free agency and uh, we'll see how things transpire. But hopefully in a few weeks more, a few weeks' time, maybe Doug and I are a little bit more buoyant and um, getting a little bit more sea red in, in, in our mindset. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, again, thanks guys for jumping on. Keep your head up and your chin out. It's always darkest before the dawn. I don't, All right, I don't know what to say to that, but thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries, guys. Uh, <laughs> thank you for both for uh, for coming on, Bulls fans. Thank you for tuning into uh, Bulls HQ Post Lottery. Let me know how you thought about it. Did you agree more so with Doug and I? Are you more aligned with C Red Fred? I would be surprised about the letter, but nonetheless, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at MK Hoops. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll end their podcast here because, uh, like I said, I'm still a, a very sad boy. But in the coming weeks, we'll have podcasts coming at you uh, discussing what is going to be happening for the Bulls. It's about it's all about free agency at this point, all about the offset off season, what the Bulls should should or shouldn't be doing. But uh, we'll see how this plays out. Um, but um, nonetheless, Fred, Fred, my sons, unbelievable, going up to two o. I can't believe just, just as I was ending that, my sons just went up two o. <laughs> oh no, I, so I, it's I was, not all a bad day. I had, I had a little tweet a ready day. for you too to come get your sons. And the worst part about it is, I think Paul George missed two free throws to win the game. Yeah, he did. Oh my, God. he did. Ah, uh, well, th- th- I'm happy now. I'm happy now. Maybe we'll get Paul I'm George now. now. I'm, I'm watching this on YouTube TV, and it's got like probably like a thirty second delay. So you just spoiled the ending of the game. By the, oh. <laughs> it's like, I'm like they're inbounding the ball for the final pass. <laughs> Marks like this, oh. like, just who, sc- who scored the last basket? Who scored the last basket? Well, I won't say just in case. Doug no, I, I, I've, I've seen it now. Yeah, no, I think it was DeAndre Ayton, right, on a dunk. He just, it was like a lob, yeah, lob yeah, inbound yeah. play uh, that, that went. Yeah. I, I, I have Zayden. this problem all the time, Doug. I, I see everything in the future, so it's always <laughs> difficult when the, the, the you know when I see these things. I know that we're going to happen. Well, now you know how uh. I feel. All right, guys. Uh, best wishes, guys. Uh, well, let's end it on the end it on that positive note. It's not all bad today. My my Phoenix Suns are coming through two zero lead in the Western Conference Finals. So uh, let's end it there. Go Suns! Man, they're really struggling. They're really struggling out CP three. Godspeed. Uh, <laughs> leadership, leadership, and Cameron Payne. Shout out to Cameron Payne. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's call it there, Bulls fans. Speaks. <laughs> Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast, Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about Black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, Black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now, they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. 